0: Hey, what's up, friends? Welcome back to the podcast. And for this podcast, I'm actually going to be partnering with the My Indigo Sun publication, which is a mental and emotional well-being magazine. And in today's podcast, we have on Vicky Lagudis, who is a medicine woman, a healer, and a spiritual leader who has taken courses with heavyweights in the spiritual community, um, including Dr. Wayne Dyer, Dan Millman, and Deepak Chopra. Yeah, so she's done some cool things in the world. And um, in this podcast, we talk about how energy works in our bodies, how past life and ancestral trauma can affect us in our daily lives, and how the events in the world today, while seemingly very scary and terrible on the surface, can actually lead to some real growth for the uh, the human species. So yeah, this is a deep one. Enjoy. Enjoy. Uh, and my my face is a bit weird right now i just did a meditation for 7 ah. minutes before this and i don't know if it was my breathing i was doing 7 7 seconds in through the like in the diaphragm through the mm-hmm. nose and then 7 seconds out and it was wild this is this ha- this has happened a few times in my life but my whole body went like rigid with energy. My face, like the, I don't know if it's the meridian lines, but it was like my cheekbones right here, my, my cheeks, my right around my eyes. It was burning with like, it was insane. It felt like my whole face was locked, like lock jaw. And then right around, oddly enough, my stomach, right around my abdominals and my lats, like the, the muscle right underneath your armpit, just rigid with energy. Do, do you know anything about that?
1: I do. So um, your breath is the strongest tool you, healing tool you have. So when you do very specific breathing work, what you're doing, what you were doing is you were breathing into what we call the primordial breath. So you were breathing into your navel. And what you were doing is you were bringing in extra oxygen, which creates extra chi. And as you build up your chi, it opens up your meridians, which runs through your whole body. So what you were doing was twofold. One is you were healing your body, and that's why you felt it in those certain areas that may have been calling for more energy or calling for healing. And then second, what happens is when you do that very specific breath work, it takes you to what's called your theta state. So it it clicks in your mind that, oh, wait, it's time to calm down. It's time to relax. Click. And when you get to the theta state, it's time to start healing. And then you start to go into a trans state. So that's what you just did in your seven minutes.
0: Ah, that, that that's so cool. How, like so you think that wherever I was feeling a lot of like it was it felt like tension kind of. like it was there was a tension there around my abdominals. You think those are all the places that are healing?
1: Uh, actually those are the places that were blocked. So your meridians are like your veins. So your your veins carry your blood, your meridians carry your energy. When, when your meridians are free and clear, everything feels great and everything's healthy. If a meridian gets blocked, first you get a discomfort, then you get pain, then you get illness. So by doing breath work, which is, this is part of Qigong, something that I teach, when you, when you do specific breath work, you learn how to cultivate that chi and you pull it through all of your meridians. So if you were to have you know, adventures with your gallbladder, let's say, you would feel this tightness in in, um, in that meridian line. And then as you breathe and you push into that tightness, it starts to break up and it opens up. And now it's allowing that gallbladder to heal itself.
0: Wow, that's really interesting. Because when, when I was doing it, I noticed that the more I breathed into my navel and the more... <laughs> And I, yeah. I guess that was it. The the tighter everything got. It was like every single time it would get tighter and tighter. And it was cool. Like I actually enjoyed the sensation. It was like I was like how tight can I just make my body
1: right now? But what you were actually doing was you were pushing stuff through the meridians. Wow. So, so it feels tight and it can even be painful. Like if you were to try to do that breath and try to move your arm really slow, you'd feel this like. Wow, you feel like you have a 10-pound weight in your hand. And then when you push it down your arm, it feels like you know that, that, that stretch because you're actually stretching the meridians, and you're also working your fascia through that breath too.
0: And your wow. fascia,
1: which is what holds your tissues together, is also how you connect spiritually is through your fascia. So there's all these interconnections when it comes to breath work and Qigong or Tai Chi or yoga. This is why they're they're considered healing modalities and spiritual modalities. Wow. Well, awesome. awesome.
0: Th- 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 thank you very much. That, that was completely <laughs> unexpected. This happens sometimes in my podcast and I don't know, it's like, cause you know, before we started recording, uh, I had mentioned like, this has happened twice. So I'll jump on a Zoom call. I'll literally open this up early. Like no one comes early. I'm the only one. I'll be five minutes early. You will literally come into the call two seconds after I do. And I'm just like, both times I was like, this is crazy. And then you mentioned you're, you're tapped in kind of, you can, you can feel that.
1: Everybody can do that. It's called your awareness. So if you clear out your energy field from all the negative chatter and all the craziness that we put in our minds and you start paying attention to yourself first and then your immediate surroundings, and then your extended surroundings. If you work with that, eventually, anyone that you want to connect with, you don't have to turn a timer on. You'll be like, oh, he's on now, and (laughs) zoom and get over there. So so you'll feel it's like you have this automatic timer inside of you that says it's time to go. Or, you know, when my kids were young, it was like, oh, the bus is coming. You know, so when people say, how would you know the bus was coming? And they're like, oh, you could just feel it. Wow. So when you you connect, when you do that connecting – You, you can, you can tap into anything and everything in the universe. How, how do you
0: build that connection? Like, do you have to know the person personally? Like, how do you build? Cause like, cause this could have been anybody in the world. This could have been your mother. This could have been your daughter. This could have been your son, but it was like Anton, when Anton jumped on, you had this ting. It's like, how does that work? How do you distinguish who you want to be locked in with who you don't and all this kind of stuff?
1: Okay, so in my unconscious mind, I knew I had an appointment with you. So a, a part of me already was having a conversation with you during your, during your meditation, so to speak. So, you know, so it was like, okay, he's ready, let's go. Wow. So whereas with your children, everyone is connected. This is why they call you know, parents' intuition. You already have that connection, so you know when they're not doing well, you know when they're doing well, you know when something's going on, and, and again, the more, the more aware you are, the more you're in the now, the more you're, you're, you're paying attention to what's going on in your life now, the stronger that becomes. It's when we have chatter, thinking about yesterday or worrying about tomorrow, that we're not present enough to tap into the energy that's working around us.
0: So when you were, you, you cause you mentioned you were on this call with a client or somebody and then you felt like I had jumped on. So when, right. you, were, when you were with this this person on the phone, mm-hmm. because like obviously when I'm chatting with you, I'm zeroed in on you and yes, I'm in the moment and I'm aware of different things, but all, all my energy is I'm c- connecting with you. Right. Um, so when you're chatting with someone else how do you like, cause you're probably giving them almost all of your focus. How do you right. allow yourself to listen to the other subconscious indicators in your mind at the same time?
1: It's again, it would be like having an alarm clock or having your own built-in assistant that says, Hey, that other person's ready for you now. So you're a hundred percent in your conversation with the person on the phone, but then it's like that, 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 universal assistant comes and says hey this is going on here or this is going on there or you know i can be sleeping in the middle of the night and i'll get a little nudge that's saying hey somebody's in trouble you need to get up and work on them wow. so, so so it's kind of like having your own universal assistant but you have to work at that by clearing out your own energy and working on you know what where your blockages are and what's it going to take for you to Totally surrender and allow, and be connected to the now and to the universe to allow that to happen.
0: And I know before we we in our conversation the other day, you'd mentioned mm-hmm. that the the primary thing you like to talk about in podcasts right now in your life is. How to get people to connect with spirit, and this is pretty much opening that that transition there. So, if someone does want to get more connected with, and it, it doesn't really matter the the name of it, your higher self, your spirit, your subconscious, your unconscious, whatever mm-hmm. people you know, whatever feels right for them, God. How does the average person who doesn't know very much about spirituality, who is very has a lot of mental chatter, who is just a really normal person, how do they get in touch with their higher self, let's say.
1: Okay. So the first step is honoring that you have a higher self, honoring that you're not just your vessel, that you're a spirit, right? If you cut your arm off, you're still there. People, you know, can't move from the neck down, but they're still there. People lose their minds, but they're still there because it's your spirit that's there. And then it's your spirit when you're struggling that pulls you through and says, Hey, come on, we can do this. And it's also your spirit that gets broken when it keeps getting suppressed and wow. suppressed and suppressed. So when you when you own, instead of making it personal, saying, Oh, this is just it's they're doing this to me, they're doing this to me, and saying, Hey, listen, no, they're doing this to my spirit, and I'm gonna I'm gonna nurture and take care of my spirit. I'm gonna look into why my spirit is feeling this way. And you can do that through meditation, you can do that through chanting. Um, You can do that by working with a medicine person like me, because that's what we do in life is we help people with their spirit. So whether they're going through cancer, a divorce, having a baby, getting married, you know, your spirit, you know, starts jumping around and saying, hey, what am I doing here? What's going on? so you go to someone that has 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 tuned in with the energies of the universe and they can tune into your energy and feel into your energy and say okay so this is what your spirit's feeling right now because we have been so taught not to feel our feelings yeah. that sometimes we don't even know how do you feel today and, and people like oh I'm good when really <laughs> I don't even really know like if I had to answer the question I and, and some people will actually they're honest they'll stop and they'll go I'm not really sure. So it's getting back to the basics of tapping in each day with yourself and say, how do I feel today? Mm. You know, how, what is the state of my mind? What is the state of my spirit? My students that take my Qigong classes, I have them keep a journal. And, and I tell them it'll only take five minutes a day. But write down, how do you feel mentally, physically, and spiritually? Check in with yourself and you will be surprised that in the beginning it's not easy to answer those questions. You're like, I don't really know how I feel emotionally. Well, sit with it for a minute. See what you feel. Are you feeling angry today? Are you feeling anxious? Are you feeling happy? Are you feeling excited? Feel into it and just write it down. How, do you, how does your body feel? Oh, my fingers are a little tight. My toe hurts. Feel into it. We, we are so busy we don't even get to feel what we're experiencing. So when you start to journal it and just commit to that five or ten minutes. Then you, that's the beginning of connecting with your spirit. Mm. Then doing Qigong, doing meditation, doing chanting. These are probably three of the greatest things to say, okay, I'm going to get in tune. I'm going to get in tune with myself. One of the, one thing that the 10 most successful people in the world have is they all meditate.
0: Mm.
1: So think about how powerful meditation must be. They they, they, they start by connecting with, with the wisdom of the universe. If you connect and you clear everything else and you push everything else away, you're straight and forward and ready to go. There's clarity, there's wisdom, and now you can step out with power.
0: Hmm. It's it's interesting because you're talking about like speaking to your, yourself, right? And speaking to your higher self. And from the context, the context, I look at it um, because I'm very much in a psychology. So, you know, in our circles, we talk a lot about the inner child and we talk about these different parts of ourselves. Right. And all of these voices in your head, you have these voice in your head. That's the father that's like you're not good enough. Then you have the right. You have all of these different voices in your head. Yes. And they're all talking to and you're always kind of in a conversation with them in some sense. Mm-hmm. How do you distinguish? Because it seems like from what I'm understanding, there's almost a distinction between the voices in your head or the personalities within your consciousness. Okay. So you have, you have all of these inner child, the father, the, these ones, and they're just the chatterboxes in your head. And then you mm-hmm. have your higher self. And I would almost put that into a separate category. Okay. How do you tell the difference What what is the difference between how do you know who you're speaking to um, or who's talking to you, your higher self or those
1: voices? Okay, so you want. So basically, your higher self will never say anything negative. Simple. Hmm. So if you just start with if it's negative, it's not coming from my higher self. It's coming from my ego. It's coming from fear. It's coming from control. And then if you separate the two, again, you have your higher self and your ego. Both of them have an inner child, an inner father, and an inner mother. And I love that you brought that up because those are two that are really forgotten. We, we talk about the inner child and how the inner child feels. And then we'll talk about what a father, you know, your external father may or may have not done, what your external mother may or may not have done. But we don't talk about. Have you connected with your inner father? Have you connected with your inner mother? Because that's your higher thinking and that's your higher love. So, so it's your mind that is the parent to your inner child. So, if you if the mind is the parent to your inner child, then you want to stop abusing your inner child, which means you want to have a conversation with the with with with. The father, which is the mind, right? So you want to have it and you want to start really working with that father and building a relationship with the thoughts in your mind because you can have a conversation with them, but most people just try to push them away. Oh, when those thoughts come up, just play music, just do this, just do that. How about sit down and have a conversation about it? How about talk about why are you feeling this way? Where are these thoughts coming from? What's your opinion on that thought? And then say, well, thank you for your opinion, but it's, I, 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 I have a different one. I'm going to go with this one. I like it better. Mm. And then the chatter stops to slow down. You can't just keep saying, shut up, shut up, because the more you say shut up, the louder it's going to get, because it's a part of your spirit that's asking to be heard. Whether it's positive or negative, it's still part of your spirit.
0: Mm.
1: So it's a part of you that wants to be heard. So when something is saying, oh, don't, you can't do that. Are you stupid? Blah, blah, blah. That's really the, the, the insecure part of you that says, I'm going to protect you from feeling, from feeling the pain if it doesn't work out right. Mm -hmm. But unlike what we've been taught, protection is not really good. Protection is what stops us. But we've been programmed to believe that, oh, I'm going to protect you in the name of love. No, you're going to stop me in the name of love. Let me grow. Let me fall down. Let me make my mistakes. I'm going to learn and grow from that. Again, that's the allowing part. Mm. Is that is that answering your question?
0: Yeah, and it's also giving me some new ones.
1: <laughs> oh Lord, I love questions.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so from what I gathered from that, <clears throat> so if, in your experiences, is the inner child, the inner father and the inner mother all part of the spirit? Yes. Okay. And is every voice in your head, in your opinion, part of the
1: spirit? Not necessarily. So now we can expand on that into, um, some of the voices are coming out of your DNA, your programs, oh. programs that were that are there from your ancestors. So if you start to say, I always have this certain voices in my head, you go back to, well, what are the, what are the beliefs of your ancestors? And you, you know, it's kind of like doing past life regression, except you're regressing into your ancestry. So something as simple as, you know, I, I, I'm Italian. And in the Italian house, you feed the, the man first, and then the children, and then and, and then yourself. And so unconsciously, that's saying that you're not as important as them. So of course, you're going to go through life with a worthiness issue. Mm. But if you can understand why, you know, that that's where that came from. You could go, oh, wait, well, that doesn't work in this paradigm anymore. So, you know, because in, in, in certain points in time in that ancestry line, without the father, everybody would starve and die. So it worked then, but it doesn't work now. But that memory is still in there. So without ever being told, you know, someone with a, with a strong Italian ancestry will get up and they'll feed all the men first and then they'll feed all the children and then they'll sit down to eat. So, 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 and this goes on and on throughout, you know, if you were, if there was famine, if there was war, all of those memories come down in your DNA. So just because you weren't born in that lifetime does not mean you don't have the memory of it. Or if someone had to, if they were a refugee and they had to leave their country and they felt like they always had to hide because they would be chased away again, you may feel like you always have to hide. and You don't know why you're afraid to, to open up and and show yourself to people. And it can simply be something in your DNA. So in that regard, I would do what's called an ancestral clearing where we'd go through your ancestral and we would see what beliefs are in your DNA that we can that we can sift out. Because it's just bringing an awareness to it and then you're like, oh, okay, now I understand why I'm that way. So it, So the spirit has a lot of layers to it. It's not just the inner child or the inner mother or the inner father. They're super important, but then you can break it up into also your societal beliefs. What have you been subjected to? And are those beliefs, even though they don't serve you, you know, I say it's like we're running two computers. So you have the old computer of the societal beliefs, and then you have your free will of, no, this is what I believe. And you think that you're living from that, but the other program still keeps popping back in. So you always want to go back into that awareness and, well, let's see where the old programs are, are, are still coming in.
0: Mm. Yeah, because I've done a lot of research on a lot of this stuff with ancestry. Um, like yes. from a scientific perspective, I've listened to a lot of podcasts with um, ancestral scientists where they can like tap into literally the, the physical aspects of like DNA and they can see how, where things are stored. And right. so – Another thing I'm kind of gathering from what you're saying is that, and, and you know, people have been talking about this for a long time, that it seems like the spirit is a continuation or part of the human body. It's like, like there's an aspect of the spirit that's stored in DNA, or or DNA is stored in the spirit. It, it's like kind of as above, so below. It's it, it's hard to like it's hard to say. Okay, this came first, and then the spirit came out of the DNA. It's like everything kind of because when you, and this is getting way deeper, we don't have to go into this, but like depending on like, I've heard that we are in like every dimension simultaneously, but it's like wherever we are kind of perceiving is like what dimension we're kind of living in the moment, but it's almost like layers. Like a lot of people think that, okay, I'll go into the fifth dimension then I'll go into the third dimension. But it's like, and this is just what I've heard is that we're interacting with every dimension at the same time, but we are consciously focused in one of them. And the reason why I bring this up is that would kind of explain how science is proving spirit now. And it doesn't make any sense when you look at it from a linear timeline way of thinking. It only makes sense when you think of like the eternal now, everything is happening right now in that Things are like things are tapping into it's it's almost vertical stacks, and that's probably not actually what it is, but that's almost how we have to look at it as human beings. But yeah, so my my thesis, my whole point of saying this is just so yeah, it seems like the DNA, the human body, is like a physical manifestation of the spirit in some sense.
1: That's absolutely correct. And so, so if you look at those dimensions as different layers of you. So you have your, you know, you have your physical layer, then you have your, um, your mental layer and your emotional layer, and then you have an etheric and an interetheric and a causal, and they're all working together. They're all part of you. So when you're talking about something like you're, when you're working in clearing out their DNA, right, you're working in, you're working out in the etheric and the interetheric. Which you're also working in the physical body with their DNA. So you can do an ancestral clearing or a DNA clearing on someone so that, you know, their whole family history can have diabetes and you can break that, that strand. And, and, you know, or and, and because a lot of your illnesses have to do with your emotional state mm. and your beliefs. So if diabetes is part of not being able to take in the sweetness of life, So if you look at that and you look at ancestral, why did your ancestors feel that they weren't allowed to enjoy life or to be happy? You know, maybe they were servants for the king and queen and that was your job. It wasn't your job to be happy. And maybe you carried that in. So there's many different things. I mean, I love that science is, is, is working with the same thing that we are. I, I just taught a class on that and it was so exciting to be able to tell them some of the studies and, you know, and you can go online and there's, there's lots of them. And there was one that they did a study of um, men that went to war in, I believe, World War I and that how any of their sons born after the war died young, but their sons before did not. So they came home with that fear and that death and everything that they brought back from the war. And it was carried into the children that were conceived after the war. Wow. I could send you, the, I'll, I'll send you the link to read it. It's really pretty cool. Yeah. So it tells you how if, if that, if that same soldier had been able to get some spiritual clearing, done some, some, some ancestral work and some DNA clearing, then he wouldn't have had to pass it. And it was only passed on to the sons, not the daughters. Because only men went to war.
0: Wow. It, it, it just makes me think of um, that, like, we're in, like, 2022, you know, A.D. And, you know, we think, like, we're just us. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I'm Anton. I'm dealing with all of Anton's problems. Right. But, yeah, I'm, like, I'm really dealing with the problems of, Entire ancestry lines, and from your knowledge base, let, like let's say me, I'm Anton, and I've had let's say thirty thousand different human beings in my ancestry line. Some are women, some are men. Um, out of the thirty thousand, how many do you think I'm dealing with the karma of in this lifetime?
1: It goes on, back on se- average. It goes back seven generations. So you would be dealing with seven generations, which is like, I'm going to say 750 years. So if you went back in your ancestry for 750 years, then that's what you're dealing with. Why only seven? Um, Because after the seven, the energy is so, is so expanded outward that it kind of just dissipates from you. So like, if you look at us as one big ball of energy, and you're in the nucleus of it, as oh. it goes down, it, it goes less and less. It's still there. It's just not coming to you now.
0: Very cool. That, that's actually a really good piece of imagery is that you're the nucleus of like a ball of energy. And yes. that would that, you know, kind of makes sense that each uh, generation before you is less intense of a factor in your life than the one that came before.
1: Yes, And also taking that same ball of energy, energy, it works with other energies. So whatever energies are surrounding your energy also affects who you are. What do you mean by that? that? Okay. So, um, so if you are surrounded by a whole bunch of positive people, you're working with all these great positive people and they're movers and shakers, you're going to tend to be positive and a mover and a shaker. If you're surrounded by by people that are suppressed, that have a dark outlook on life, you're going to find yourself in the same place and you have to fight to get out, whichever one you don't want to be in. So 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 your energy is the way I describe it is we're like a pizza pie and there's a whole bunch of pizza pies in what we're going to call heaven. Right. <laughs> so we're all, we're all these little pizza pies vibrating. And one slice of the pie comes down and gets dropped into this vessel we call a human body. And it has an experience. And everything that you experience makes a bigger vibration to go back and make a bigger pizza pie. And then each one of those pizza pies work with the pizza pies that are closest to them, right? So we call that your soul family. And then each soul family goes bigger and bigger until we have one big, big, giant pizza pie that that we call the cosmos,
0: That's cool.
1: And then we become oneness. This is where we get into, you know, to I'm you and you're me. So what happens to you happens to me. And people don't want to see that. But if you energetically see how our energy all affects each other, your attitude, your personality, your beliefs, even if my beliefs and your beliefs are not the same, you stay next to me long enough, they will be.
0: That's true. I've I've witnessed that in my own life. I think the thing that has changed my life the most mm-hmm. is who I've chosen to interact with and who I've chosen to be friends with. That is if someone was like, okay, how did you get to where you are in life? Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be like, I, I wouldn't say I got lucky cause I chose it, but I'm fortunate enough that the universe or life or whatever put right. me. In, yeah. Put me in contact with incredible people who I realized how incredible they were, and I wanted to be around them. And like when I was younger, I had a I had a um a difficulty with this. I didn't think I was worthy of being around these people. I thought literally I was like, who am I to to be? You know, you, you can kind of be acquaintances with these people, but friendship, like you know that's different and now like i i legitimately i have some of the best friends in the world i have some crazy friends who are doing insane things in the world like one of my friends is an inventor he's invented like five literal inventions of the uk government and i'm um, awesome. and i'm just like and literally just knowing him like literally it feels like through osmosis i have as you said it's like Parts of our DNA have almost, like, rubbed right. off on each other. And it's...
1: Energy is... It comes together.
0: Yeah. And, and one question I have for you is that, um like, obviously, when we come into this life, we come into our families. Right. And it seems that sometimes families are the most difficult things to work with. Like, with my family, I'm like, I love my mom and I get along extra... Like, my mom is one of my best friends. We just... Uh-huh. I like we've done past life regressions. We've been brothers and sisters in past lives. Like they go back. And then when I look at my sister and my brother, they feel like strangers to me. But I actually, one of my mom's best friends is a psychic medium. And she told me the craziest thing. She's like, your brother and you were brothers in a past life, but he was a dictator of a country and you were the younger brother, and he's my younger brother in this lifetime. But mm-hmm. she's like, in that lifetime, you were the younger brother. And because one thing I've always found in this lifetime is like, my, my I even though I'm the eldest, my brother just has this like certain energy that like, we've always been like either, there's times in my life where like, I felt like he was the older brother. And right. he was like five years younger than me. Because
1: and now- That energy of the dictator.
0: Exactly, and that's what she said. She's like, he will he will plow through this life he will he will get what he wants and he does he's just like boom but she's like and and like me and him do not get along and she's like you can't he and this time she said he came in as the commoner because he like me i'm the outsider in this lifetime i'm the rebel i'm the questioner he he's in university right now having a good time he's you know decently popular every like he just he fits in with society way easier than I do like I was expelled twice suspended 20 times he just he always just got along with people and she's like this lifetime he's learning how to be the commoner and just be normal and she's like in this lifetime you are the one who's going to kind of be the rebel and be the leader and his blind spot is human emotion he does not care about people really in some sense his like you said that the momentum of his past dictator life doesn't yeah and, and she's like because even like my mom and I'll talk about this and we're like yeah he just he he's a good guy and, and he's gonna do good things in the world but when you come down and you look in his eyes and you, you talk about humanity he's just he's like above it he he still has like you said that dictator energy like he's he's like I like he's the kind of person he's like oh I'll save everybody like they're not on my level. I'm above them and it's my job to shepherd them. Like he still has that. And she's like, yeah, you came into this lifetime as brothers again, but this time you are his blind spot. You represent in your entire being, you represent compassion, love and connection. The things is that he came into this lifetime in some sense to learn to learn. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and she's like, you guys will become friends when you step into your power. And she's like, you're already doing that with your YouTube channel, with your podcast. She's like, he will only see you as an equal when you step into fully your power. And at that time, you'll actually change him. It will be like this just cyclone that just boom, one night, done. Like it'll just, it'll turn on the flick, the thing. And. And I even even forgot why I brought this up, but something okay, to do so, with the
1: Um So I'll explain a little bit about that. I know we only have a few more minutes, but um, so your parents are your programmers. Look at yourself as like a computer when you get down here, right? So you pick your parents before you get here based on how you want to experience your life, and you can have the same parent. And 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 your siblings can describe a totally different parent to you. And you're like, what do you mean? Because they're they're programming you for the lifetime that you're that you're going to be experiencing. So, you know, for you, you're in a lifetime of experiencing compassion, uh, love, et cetera, et cetera. He's in a lifetime where he has to experience being humbled so that he can learn those things because they're not coming natural for him. So your parents treated you differently to set you up with that because you were born with that. Like that's what you came in with the, the, you know, the, again, we go back to astrology of the time you were born, the, the day, all of that kind of creates the template. And then your parents mold that template and you're having that experience because your pizza pie, when that slice goes back, is calling for those experiences. Life is a school to experience it's not you don't it's not about learning a lesson or wiping off the karma of what you did the last time it's to come back to learn more about oneness and if you look at it that the 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 one the one template that we're all here for is self love because self love is god love and if you broke up the heart into chambers the self love is in the middle and then you have all different types of loves so you have love of the parents love of your your siblings, your significant other, your, you know, your offspring, the animals, the planet. And the more you love yourself, the more love you can give to the planet, the more love that goes out because you're born that way. That's why everybody loves babies. But (laughs) when you, you know, all of a sudden your mom is busy and she can't feed you. Ah, I have to scream to get attention. And then, Oh, another baby's born. Oh, they love that one more than me. And all of a sudden you weren't taught how to nurture yourself and love yourself. So now you go through life searching for that love that only you can give yourself. You can, you, can, you can borrow from the outer chambers, but the inner chamber can only be filled with self-love because it's the inner chamber of self-love that leads you back to the divine. So the more you love yourself, the more you can accept everyone else. So you and your brother chose to come in as siblings again so that you can accept him and he can learn from you. So if you look at everyone in your life is there for a purpose because you're all part of a soul group that works together in different lifetimes. So you come in with different roles, but you support each other's role and support sometimes could be really messing you up
0: you
1: yeah, know? yeah yeah. in in that realm there is no good there is no bad right everything's just an experience so you can say oh my gosh that person drives me crazy and I'll say to you oh they must really be close to your soul group because <laughs> only someone in your soul group can make you nuts so because they're here to help you get that experience
0: what what do you think is the difference and we'll just a couple more questions. Um, what do you think the difference is? Because obviously when it comes to like friendship, like, you know, one of my best friends, Christian, we've had like he's a psychic medium, too, actually. So he said, like, we've had tons of past lives together a lot of times, brothers and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. What Um Do you notice a kind of a commonality or a pattern of the kinds of soul clusters you come up with? why some end up being your brother and your sister that annoy you and some end up being your best friend that you love more than anything. What is the relationship between, because they, based on what you're saying, they're all part of your soul cluster. They're all very important to
1: you. Right. They're all part of your soul family, your soul group.
0: And so how do those different things interact?
1: So if you look at your emotions as, 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 as their own template, right. And you're, when you come here and you say, I'm going to learn this lesson, how would I know what lesson it is? I know what lesson it is. Based on the emotions, so if if you have if you have a a lesson to learn in sadness, someone has to make you sad. Wow, so that's yeah. somebody really close, right? Yeah. And yet, you know, we look at sadness. We've been taught to look at sadness as bad, but sadness gives you the opportunity to get to know more about yourself. Mm. So you really want to go to the person that made you sad and say, "Wow." Bro, thank you so much. I learned so much about myself. You know, it's like when a mother sends you to your room. You go in there to learn more about how am I feeling? Why am I feeling? Oh, okay, I got that now. Now I know why I feel that way, right? You're going in to to feel into your emotions. But then we grow up and we run from that. So you're going to continue to have people come into your life that are going to stir up your emotions so that you can learn and grow from them. I have a whole problem about that. I wrote a book about it.
0: Wow, that's very cool. And one one kind of off-topic thing I'll bring up that I find interesting about what you just said is that idea of a mother sending you to your room. When you said that, I'm like, that's so archetypal. Like literally, it's like that's so (laughs) – like a big thing is like, yeah, mothers always send you to your room and what do you do? You just sit in your room and you think. And and you the pray. whole point is like they say, they're like, go to your room and think about what you did. And it's like I feel like in some sense that, that's like a lost art. I feel like nowadays because we going into this through this parenting revolution of like, mm-hmm. oh, don't you know, I, I don't like spanking kids. I'm not for that. Uh, at least for, as far as I know, who knows, maybe someone will teach me be like, it's actually the greatest thing ever, but uh, who knows? But it's like, I feel like a, in this parenting revolution, there's a lot of these like old ways that we used to teach lessons that now it's like video games are kind of teaching those things. But I, I don't want to get too much into that because we have one last well, question. I mean,
1: what that goes into, I'll say it quickly, is discipline doesn't work. Guidance does. Yeah. So I believe, I hope that in the newer parenting, what people are doing is they do still send their children for, for they don't call it time out anymore. They call it reflection time. Go in the reflection corner and think about it. Go in your room and reflect about it. So it's giving you the same result. They're just changing the words. And it, hitting never works. It only suppresses you and sabotages your self-worth. But giving someone the opportunity to think about it and to feel it and, and live it, that allows them to grow.
0: Love it. I love that. And the last thing, this is actually a question from uh, katarina is, um, we live in a messy world right now. And how do you interpret current events? That's a big one.
1: <laughs> I love you, Katarina. <laughs> okay. So, um, when we look at life as a school and everything in it is for something for us to experience. And we realize that as humans, we are evolving at a very quick pace. In the metaphysical world, you hear people, you know, speak a lot about the new earth, the new yeah. earth, and everyone's waiting for this new earth to show up. And I'm saying, no, the new earth is here. You know, or people are saying, when is COVID going to be over? COVID is over. It did its job. So it's, uh, you know, some things that look really bad are, are simply, you um, ways to get you to the next place. So we were evolving as a race, but we got to a place where we were we're shifting out of, you know what we call the 3D paradig- paradigm of fear and control to 5D of acceptance and compassion. So one was very controlling and the other one's very non-judgmental. Well, how are you going to learn how to accept and have compassion and non-judgment unless everything blows up in your face? So yeah. we call that. So we call that COVID, right? So COVID blew up in our face, and and COVID itself, all viruses have a, their own frequency. Science proves this. They have their own consciousness, and the consciousness of COVID is fear. I mean, this was proven in a lab. So if you if everyone had just said, "I'm not going to fear this," COVID would have gone away. But the opposite of fear is faith. So people had to go through it so they can get to the other part of having faith. And for those that haven't gotten to that other side yet, you know, faith is trusting in the divine plan that everything that's meant to happen is going to happen. We don't want to say that because we don't want to hear it, but it's real. So if you get to the place of think, okay, I'm going to accept that whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Then you're okay when it does. And you say, I'm going to be open and I'm going to expand. I'm going to learn and I'm going to grow. I'm going to realize this isn't our only lifetime you know this is only a fleeting moment to the next one so if you can get that then you can let go of what we've been controlled with and 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 programmed with fear for so long of all the unknowns well there is no unknown it's okay whatever happens i know it now and to look at the war as as devastating as it is i look at it and i see all these beautiful things coming from it there are people going to you know, to Ukraine to sign up to help a country that they're not even from. And 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 just, and seeing all the surrounding countries taking in all these refugees. I saw one story where there was a man that took in, I think, 20 families. And someone said to him, how could you take in 20 families? And he had a catering hall. He said, well, you choose which one I send away. And I'm like, okay. wow, look how, so the world is changing. And sometimes these what we see as catastrophes, sometimes when they happen, what's birthed out of those catastrophes is something really beautiful. So if we can create the beauty out of the catastrophe. Again, just like if we had faith, we could have ended COVID a lot quicker. If we start putting our love into the catastrophe, we can make the catastrophe go away or, you know, we want to blame politicians, but they get their consciousness from the consciousness of the people. So if we can start sending positive vibes out there and we start having love and acceptance, then we can, we can start to end these wars.
0: Yeah. That, that, that's so, and, and that's where we'll end it. And um, yeah, cause I've also been thinking about this like Russia, Ukraine thing. And, and I kind of came to a similar conclusion that you did that in a weird way, it is kind of like a gift because it's a war on a small enough scale that it doesn't destroy the entire world, but it's big enough and close enough to home that we can all come together and realize, OK, like we don't want this. Because when when war happens in Afghanistan or war happens in the Middle East, we just live our lives. We, we don't care. Like, you know, we still we're kind of in some sense racist in that way. And we that's far enough away that it's not in my backyard.
1: It's not my business. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly, but then when it comes to Europe and it comes to Russia and Ukraine, is it close enough? And like, you know, I have friends who have family in Ukraine. My friend David was telling me how they bombed all of the um, the uh, the bridges out of the country, mm-hmm. and how they can't leave. And how, yeah, I was just thinking, I was like, man, that's really messed up. But look at what's happening in the world, like, and the same thing that you said with COVID, it was like. COVID lasted long enough for, for us all to go, okay. Even if I'm scared shitless about this this disease, this COVID, I can't just live in my house for my entire life. I I can't just not go outside. I, I can't like I think we learned the value of human interaction, yes. love. We also learned what it's like to turn on each other through fear. Like when the government was saying, like, snitch on your neighbors, if they like I think that we were thrown in so many situations where we had to ask the question of how far will we go and how far will we get to where we turn on each other before we realize, is it really worth surviving if we lose our humanity in our survival? Absolutely. Yeah, I think that was the very powerful aspect of this.
1: I think the other really big gift that came out of COVID was to get us all uncomfortable enough to know that we became too permissive.
0: Yeah. And that
1: it's time to take care of yourself. From healthcare to to mental care to to spiritual care to all of it that ev- and everything can be gone tomorrow. So it's yeah. it's about you know when these when these catastrophes happen the only thing that's going to get you through them is your spirit.
0: Amen. And, 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 and that's a good place to end it. Now, is there is there? Yeah. Is there anything that you are working on that you want to plug that you want to talk about to our listeners? Because this podcast is going to be going out to my listeners of my podcast, the Arcvision podcast, and also to um, the publication, My Indigo Sun, which is like a magazine, an online magazine. So is there anything you want to uh, talk about that you're working on?
1: Sure. So, um, for anyone interested in knowing more about me, they can check out my website at teachingspirit.com. I do private sessions. I do individualized retreats. And my um, my biggest baby now is as a visionary. I am training other people to do the same work I do, so that they can take a year course and become certified. That is not on my website. You'd have to set up a discovery call and talk to me about it because I, I choose my students because I only allow 12 students a year. But that those, those are my things. And I, I love helping people to love themselves, to find their spirit, to find their strength. And anyone interested in anything like that, they can check out my website.
0: Well, thank you. This, this this was an absolute pleasure. I find time with you flies. Like I can't believe this was forty five minutes already. Is yeah, no. This and the same thing with the last conversation. That could have been a podcast too. The last, like to anyone who doesn't know, we literally like honor it was supposed to be like a half hour meeting call. I think we went for like 45 minutes or an hour or something. And we got into my past and you know, your past and it was, it was really, really therapeutic in some way to me. Like, you know, just in that short time, like you got to know me so quickly. And um, I think one thing that I can vouch for definitely on my end is that I felt like safe enough and comfortable enough with you that I, I was able to open up, open up in a very short period of time. So I think that says something about your energy and just, the way you are. Cause, cause the thing is I, I have a strong bullshit meter. Like I usually, I, I, I know, like, I'm like, okay, I know who I'm comfortable <laughs> with and who I'm not. And right. yeah, you, you're definitely the real deal, Vicki. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And uh, so thanks again for coming on and to everyone watching. Thank, thank you. So you.
1: For me. It was a pleasure, pleasure meeting you. All right. I love it and take care everybody.